Welcome to the Staffing RecOps podcast, where we interview leaders from high-volume staffing and recruitment firms on the operations, strategy and business processes that they've implemented or are implementing. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcoming to the show today, Kirsty Warpole. Kirsty, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, James. Kirsty is Managing Director Employment Services for Hales Group, based in Peterborough in the United Kingdom, one of the UK's leading home care providers and staffing businesses. Kirsty started with Hales initially as a branch manager in 2007, becoming Director of Sales and Operations in April 2017, and moving into her current role in August of 2019, operating within the staffing solutions side of the business in the industrial and commercial sectors. Kirsty, the overarching topics the podcast is focused on this quarter are onboarding, retention and reskilling. I'm really interested to understand your perspective, particularly in regards to retention. What are the biggest challenges you faced or are facing and how are you overcoming them? Okay, so quite some meaty subjects to get into, I think. So I suppose if we take it naturally through that process, I I think if you were to speak with any staffing business, the main challenge at the moment has to be availability of candidates. Um, I think if you were to ask any recruitment leader, that would be in their top three for all sectors, whether it be temporary or permanent. And I think the last four years particularly have changed the market dramatically. And we've had to adapt our ways of recruiting, onboarding and, and managing the workforce. So in terms of attraction, we've had to look at all of our resourcing methods and analyse what works for each specific skill set. And we've stripped it right back to basics and enhanced those traditional candidate attraction methods with the new technology um, that is now available to us. I think you also have to look at the, the engagement that you're having with those candidates, both new and existing, to ensure that that remains consistent. And whereas historically, you know, we would post an advert out on all of the all of the job boards and you'd receive a high volume of applications coming through. What our stats have shown us is that now on average, we receive between one to three applications per job. So we're also making more of our CRM system. Um, and I think that most again, most recruitment businesses would say that this is that this is a great tool, but it's probably the most underused when people gain a new vacancy, they're going straight to the job boards and posting and searching without looking at your candidates that potentially you've already got. So it's a it's been a, a big culture shift in terms of making sure that we are accessing that CRM system and speaking with those passive candidates, um, those who might not be actively looking, but could be interested in a new opportunity if it was put in front of them or equally know someone um, who could be looking for, for a new role. Um, but for us, social media um, is definitely the way forward for us with candidate attraction, particularly with the temporary industrial market that we work heavily in. And over the last six months, we've also been incorporating video advertising and using video platforms. So that's either posting out videos onto our socials. Um, it could be emailing those videos direct to candidates, but also sending video messages through the likes of WhatsApp, um, because instant messaging is definitely a favorite communicate communication method for those candidates and I think that's naturally evolved because we're now in a world where it is instant messaging but with this form of communication it's also led to consultants being available to candidates more outside of office hours whereas before the 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 on-call phones um, were used predominantly for emergencies you know people phoning in sick or saying they couldn't come into work but now we're actually finding that staff want to you know, make calls and message outside of their working hours to aid with their candidate attraction, 
because they know that they'll be able to engage with those candidates and work around the candidate schedule. So I think, you know, in, in some ways, the, the dynamic has shifted for that. Um, and one thing we've, we've noticed and we're particularly proud of at Hales Group is our word of mouth referrals. 68% of our new starters each month come through start referrals. And that's without offering any incentives for them to refer friends, which means candidates are confident and happy with the service that they receive from Hales. They want to recommend us to their friends and family. Um, and there's lots of research out there that shows that candidates want to know someone that's had a good experience. So the branches are also promoting testimonials from candidates. So I think for the candidate attraction side, it's definitely about becoming more personable with candidates and building those relationships with them um, you know, to attract people in, but also to retain the staff once you've got them. That's interesting. So I was I was going to ask you, are you measuring the number of placements that are coming from the CRM versus other sources? And you say 68% is coming from referrals. So obviously those referrals are coming from people that are already in your in your database. When, yeah. when it comes to the actual onboarding for, I guess, for the temporary side of the business, and am I right in thinking you have about a thousand temps out at any given time, something like that? Yes, yeah, so we, at the moment we're processing around about 46,000 hours of timesheets every week and that, mm -hmm. that goes up and down. So, you know, you're talking about a lot of people um, that you're working with on a daily basis. And I have to give credit to the branches because, you know, they do a great job of keeping in contact with all of these candidates, um, you know, and making sure that they do feel valued and, and an, as an employee as opposed to just a, a number. And, and how does the onboarding work in terms of the actual processes? Is it still quite a manual process today? Do, do the workers come into the branches with documents, etc.? Yeah, so the onboarding process, I mean, COVID really pushed forward our plans to bring our registration process online and digitalise it. You know, we had to do it because of the world that we were living in at that time. And I think that, you know, if we were to take anything positive from that, that was a huge positive for us. It really pushed us into looking at the way we did things and, and um, you know, forced our hand in changing things, which now we wouldn't be without. Um, you know, whereas candidates would usually come to the office to register and complete paperwork and have an interview with a consultant, which on average would take, you know, 60 to 90 minutes from start to finish. With our new process, you know, the, the, a registration can, in the office takes up 30 minutes of their time. Um, so it's been a huge time saving for us, but we haven't compromised on any of the quality or um, any of the, the interview um, techniques that we use. It's just that means that the automation and the digit, digitalization of the, of the forms means that it's easier for candidates to onboard themselves prior to arriving at the office um, by completing all of that paperwork. And that's helped, you know, increase our productivity. So what we've seen from that is um, that, you know, we're now when we're looking at a new CRM system, you know, that's one of our projects for the next 12 months. The candidate onboarding process is definitely one of the main key features that we want to learn more about and what additional functions are new to the market. Um, and automotion and AI have already become huge in the recruitment sector. And whilst there are elements of the process that personally I think will never be replaced. It does appear that a proportion of our candidates prefer the automation or the AI to be more prevalent in that registration process. Um, and, even the, and even thereafter in the recruitment process, rather than speaking with an individual. And some of the tech I've been seeing so far, um, you know, you probably only have 15 to 20 minutes personal face-to-face -face or over the phone interaction with a candidate, potentially during their whole journey with Hales. So, you know, 
I think it's a balance now between still having that personable service, but also using the power of AI and automation. Um, and to come back to your original question around the manual process, our booking shifts for us at the moment is still a manual process. We text or call our candidates to fill each role. Um, for clients who book daily, this is more time consuming, clearly. But weekly rebooks and new jobs coming in each week, you know, we're then matching and filling. Whereas the new tech that we're seeing is more of an online rotor. So you post your jobs out there to be filled. Candidates are notified through push notifications through an app. And they can apply to fill that shift, you accept or decline, and then the automation does the rest. So it will also then send reminders for candidates to turn up to work, wear the right uniform, take the right PPE, um, check them in through QR codes or GPS, and then their hours are clocked automatically and then clients sign them off through digital signal signing technology. And then, then clients can also then rebook through a portal or without having to speak to anyone. Now, for me, I think that takes away the relationship that can be built between candidates and clients. So I'm still on the fence a little bit about all of the technology that's available. Um, but, you know, the, the personal interaction is what aids the retention of the worker and the business. But we still want to make sure that we are, you know, giving our staff the best chance to be productive um, and be able to use kind of, the, you know, the technology that our competitors have. So that's interesting. It, it sounds like with the onboarding piece where you're mentioning you've, you've massively reduced the time it takes to onboard, but you're still keeping the quality. You're still, they're still coming in. They're still having that face-to-face. -face. You're still having that personal element. It's just cut down on the admin side, but then yeah. looking at the, the booking part of it, where it massively cuts down the time, you'll you'll maybe, if you just move to technology there, you're potentially losing that, that, point-to-point -point contact so I guess you've got to find that in another way is that something that you're actively yeah. looking at yeah I mean like I say the because we are going through this CRM project at the moment we are speaking to um, lots of software companies and you know some of the technology is amazing and one of the um, demonstrations I had yesterday I sort of came away thinking you know my mind was sort of all over the place I'm thinking well there's elements of this we could use and elements of that that I think might be too much of a change that might remove some of the um, I suppose unique points that make us Hales group so it is finding that balance um, and I think that's that's the hard part in terms of making sure that you know you can be efficient but you can also be personable because that is what's going to aid retention what's the relationship between house group and the temporary workers in terms of do they see themselves working for you do they see themselves as working for the end customer is it a mix of both I think you'll always get that mix of both because it it depends on I suppose the duration and the length of the assignment because naturally as the assignment goes on longer um, they're going to see themselves more as part of the, the client than they might of Hales um, but we also try and, and make sure that they know that they're in, in you know that their employer is Hales Group by being visible to them by having that regular contact um, and there's various things that we've done to you know promote that over the last four years um, to again aid with that retention what would you say is what what takes up most of your time in your role as md for employment services um i think any manager would say the people you know d and i think when you work in recruitment as well you have your own staff but then you also have your you know your people as as your temp labor market your workforce that are always going to throw up um you know issues or 
problems that you need to resolve. So I think for me, what takes up most of my time um, is, and I would say, and I, I, mean, I don't say this in a negative way, because I enjoy being with the branches and I enjoy being with the team. I think it's really important that you still keep your you know, grassroots level and make sure that you know what's going on in your business. But I think for me, I suppose the thing that occupies my mind the most is coming up with those new ways of how we can do things. You know, how we can move the business forward. Is that through technology? Is that through um, things we do, like promotions and brands? You know, how can we make it the best experience for the candidate and also the client and our own staff who work here? What would you say is the biggest challenge that you're facing at the moment? I would say the biggest challenge we are facing is uh, the candidate market. You know, and, I, and as I alluded to at the beginning, I think most companies would say that at the moment. I attended a, a, a forum the other day with recruitment leaders from the east of England. And I think that was the number one point that came up for everybody, whether it be quality of candidate, reliability, um, candidates being available in the market, you know, with specific skill sets. Um, you know, that's all of a challenge that we're having to look at. And so... It is more, I think, whereas before, can, uh, temporary workers could sometimes be seen as just being picked up and put down. And that, that is how the temporary market works. But I think we also have to remember they are people and that they do have, um, you know, their own incomes that they need to provide for their families. And it's been a process over the last four years in terms of, you know, recognising that and also working with our clients that if you were to get rid of a temporary worker, it's not necessarily a case of there's another five waiting around the corner to come in and take that slot. It's about finding, you know, everyone wants the best worker. So it's about finding ways to attract that worker to come into your business and come and work for you. And while still keeping, you know, everything moving along. Um, and I think the ways that maybe Hales Group has done that and, and the benefits we've seen is that in 2019, we actually launched our Hales Rewards brand. Now that recognises workers who go above and beyond and also um, our temp of the month, which are nominated by clients. So they get a chance to, to, to voice about the candidate's good work as well. At Christmas, we have prize draws to, for them to win cash prizes based around um, attendance or good work. Um, and whereas the focus sometimes would have been more on the clients and taking them donuts on a Friday or Easter eggs, you know, we now recognise our candidates more and let them know that they are valued. Um, for International Women's Day this month, we sent out all of our female workers cards to celebrate International Women's Day and to thank them for the hard work. Because um, it might not seem a lot, but I think it's the little things that add up to the, to the big things. Um, we also have long service awards. You know, some of our candidates have been with us some time, and I think why would you not want to recognise that loyalty? You know, what you know, we do it for our for our consultants, for our own staff. So why not you know push that out into um, you know our, our temporary candidates? So I think it is about making them feel more part of a company as opposed to just out on an assignment. It's interesting. We of course everybody's been talking about the the war for talent at the moment and um, how it's it's from white collar, blue collar across many different sectors and geographies globally. Um, a couple of weeks ago, talking to um, uh, Chris Hales from, from Staffing Match, and interestingly, they were finding that there was the labour out there for them, but then I guess it, it does depend on your, your market sector and, and your location. Do, do you measure um, th those temporary workers? Do you have any sight over workers that also work through other temp agencies over if if they've done an eight week sh shift for you and eight, an eight week placement are you are you always able to replace them or is there a gap between them 
being placed again for you? Um, we, I mean, our, our staff, our branches are really good at, you know, if they know an assignment's coming to an end, they'll do what they can to find that candidate work because we want to, we want to hold on to them. Um, so I would say that our retention from that point of view and, and replacing them is good. Um, so I, you know, not necessarily, I think we can manage to, you know, redeploy people and because of our branch network, you know, because they're relatively close and I think that's what gives us our strength, particularly in the East of England means that if a candidate in Thetford loses you know, their assignment, but they may be a role in Bury, we have that ability to be able to move them around the network of branches. So it's almost having a, you know, a region of branches as opposed to just one branch that the client's dealing with. And, and is that, are you able to do that because you've got open comms between individuals across those branches or is there technology that you've got in place that it's easy for people to see the other jobs? What's, what's the dynamic so, there? There's no candidate ownership in Hales Group. Um, you know, we, we have an open CRM where everyone can see everyone's candidates. But I think that the branches also have a good network with each other. And we built on that in COVID with um, monthly, you know, meetings that we'd have. We always have a monthly group Zoom as well. Had it yesterday where we get together as a everyone in the business and talk about, you know, where we are as a business, what our goals are, you know, um, you know, think events that are coming up. So they all have, and they, and we always have get-togethers as well in person. Now we can. So I think they, you know, credit to them, they've built networks with each other. And if they've got a really good candidate that they don't want to lose, they will also, you know, proactively approach the branches to see if they can help as well. You said some really interesting things about the the retention the the Hales reward program the temp of the month the prize draws the the long service is that something that was very much okay this is a project we're gonna we're gonna set out a load of things to do or or did it just grow over time you said it started 2019 yeah I think it grew it's grown it really you know it has and I think it's um about ways of recognizing the worker and what we can do for them um so it started off just as temp of the month um, and then we did, you know, Christmas raffles um, to the point where in some of our locations, they have even set up food banks for staff, you know, made them aware of that to, you know, help them because they care, they genuinely care about them. And I think that's the difference is that they want to, you know, they see them as people as opposed to just someone going in to fill an eight hour shift every day. So we've talked about candidate attraction. We've talked about onboarding and, and how that has changed at Hales talked about your current CRM project and the, the technologies out there that you're viewing in terms of automating shift placement, etc. Talked about retention, all the things you're doing there. Have you looked at reskilling? Is that something that you think, given the difficulty to find the workers for the jobs, is there, do, do you ever move people from you might place them in one sector that you're working. Do you see an opportunity for reskilling them to be placed into a different sector if the work isn't there for them in their normal yeah. work role? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we offer um, something called a career MOT. Um, so that's available to you know new people coming in or existing staff that we have. And what we do there is we talk through their current skill set and discuss their options with them and what they want, they would like to do or what they you know, don't want to do. And if they're looking to change career completely, then temping is a brilliant way to do that because it exposes you to different environments without necessarily making a huge commitment um, to see whether you're going to like that. But we also have um, an online platform where we can 
upskill on IT um, packages so they can have training on that if they would like to. Um, and also we've worked with clients to identify, you know, if they can multi-skill staff because what, what you sometimes find is that candidates will go in, they'll just work in you know one area, but there may be several areas around. And if someone goes sick from one area, area you then you lose that skill set. So it is about working with clients to identify, you know, and, um, you know, selling to them their prospect of multi-skilling these staff because they become more valuable to you. But it also makes sure that the candidates are still enjoying their role, that they, you know, there's development there for them. Because although some staff may want to temp, you know, forever and, and their career temps, as we call them, most are looking for a permanent role and somewhere to, you know, put down roots and secure and settle. And we've seen that with a, a, a client that we've worked with now um, over a, for a long time, actually. Um, but over the last 12, 18 months, they've had a huge growth spurt and needed to crew up staff quickly. But we also found with crewing up quickly came a bit of a retention issue. Um, and we were seeing a bit of a churn of staff um, happening every four weeks. So we put various things in place you know, over that period to try and alleviate that. Some successful, some maybe not. Um, but we've used our Hales Insight information. So we also have a Hales Insight brand, which again, um, you know, is there for clients to um, be able to access in the market locally information. Um, it alerts clients to what other companies are recruiting for in the area, how many staff they may be looking for, how many candidates are on the market what the going rate is for that role and whether, you know, where they sit in that. Um, because we've obviously seen a huge, huge uplift in, in rates of pay in competing for the skill shortages, um, as well as how many candidates could be in the market. And, I, and I've had clients now who've come to me who are pitching on tenders, who, you know, with this information. So I think that's been hugely insightful and a good um, piece of information to be able to go to, to clients as well and say, look, if you want to attract this candidate, this is what you're up against. This is the pay rate. Know, what can we do to, to support you with this? Um, we also introduced an attendance bonus with this particular client um, and saw the attendance improve by about 82%. So, you know, that had a huge impact um, with that client. We improved their induction process. It was very paper-led. So we cut down on that paperwork. We introduced site tours as well um, to ensure that you're matching to the environment. Because if you've got people who've not been in that environment before, that's then going to reduce the day one fallout rate that you have. And I think it's reassuring as a candidate coming into somewhere, whether it be the environment or a new company, you know, it's reassuring for them to know where they need to go on their first day. It just gives them that familiarity. But we also improved their training process. So they introduced mentors. They had a buddy system for four weeks and beyond. Um, we've always done weekly site visits or site surgeries, as we call them. But then we introduced reviews with candidates. So they would have those after one week, four week, eight week, 12 weeks and, and thereafter. And you'd get feedback from both the supervisor and the candidate. You'd relay the positives and the negatives. So it gives you an opportunity to talk about any issues that potentially, you know, could be eradicated before someone ends up leaving. Um, as coming back to what I said earlier, it also then gives them a clear career path so they know where they're going. And if they are in, in with a shout of, of getting a permanent role if and when one comes up with that particular client. Um, I think also MI reporting, I'm very big on numbers and looking at patterns and data. Um, I think it, you know, it, it can open your eyes to things that you would otherwise miss. So we really delved deep into the MI and we looked at everything through to you know, where candidates were being resourced from, 
reasons why they were leaving, um, the hours that we lose each week due to absence, um, starters versus leavers across shifts. Um, and that helped us to identify patterns and potential routes for change because we were seeing a high proportion of our absence was being cited as, as mental health. Um, so we're, so what we did was we looked, well, what can we do to support our candidates with that? So we looked at training our, our consultants with mental health first aiders. Um, and we've introduced the Hales Wellbeing brand, um, which is regular communication to our candidates, offering them advice and support on mental health or anxiety and letting them know that, you know, we're here if they need us or they have access to an employee, in, uh, an employee assistance portal or program where, you know, they can access that and speak to someone independently. And at the moment, together with a client, we're reviewing that um, to see whether that's, you know, helped improve absence levels. So I was going to say quite a lot of metrics you mentioned you were sharing with the client. So I was going to come on to ask what kind of other metrics are you reporting on internally? Um, so all of those stats around where you're losing candidates, where you're losing hours from absence, what kind of metrics do you measure internally in terms of sort of KPIs? Are you a KPI-led company for your recruiters? Yeah, I mean, you have to have KPIs because you've got to have that structure. But, but I also do believe that um, you'll have your company standard KPIs, but you've also got to know what's going on on people's desks. You know, if they've suddenly had an influx of 50 jobs coming that week, then there's no way that they're going to do, you know, their X amount of business development calls that week because their priority is going to be filling those shifts. So I think for us, you know, it's about being realistic and making sure that, yes, the, the consultants know what they need to achieve. They're measured, at, of course, they are against their financial targets. Branch managers are responsible for their branches and we encourage them to treat their desks as their own business so they have accountability for it. And I think with that comes a sense of, you know, well, I need to focus my time on particular areas. Um, and we have regular uh, catch-ups, one-to-ones with the staff um, every fortnight, you know, and I get involved with those as well because that then helps me to see where the problems are, um, as in, you know, why are we unable to fill this particular temp shift? You know, what what's happening with this perm role? Why is it not moving through the pipeline? And it's not a case of, you know, you haven't done this, you haven't done that. It's a, it's a forum where we can all sit together and say, right, what are the challenges that we are facing and how can we make that better now or in the future? Kirsty, I want to come on to a slightly different uh, subject. In terms of demographics, are you seeing a change and do you think this impacts the, the retention? Are you seeing a change in the demographics of the types of people you're placing? Um, we, we do monitor the demographic of people that we place into our temporary assignments. And I would say at the moment, we haven't seen, we've seen a change clearly in nationality with Brexit. Of course we yeah. have. Um, in terms of age range, the majority of our temporary workforce are normally between the, they were normally between the age of 28 to 45. So when we then rerun that again next quarter, I think that would be interesting to see because we, we do it on a six month cycle. So I think it'd be interesting to see whether that has changed because I think there is, you know, 18 to 25, I think there are more candidates coming through. I know people are talking a lot about um, people of retirement age coming back into the market, but I'll be honest and say that I haven't necessarily seen a huge influx of that in our geographical area. Yeah, I was wondering about that because I've seen particularly with STEM, 
with white collar IT over the last few years there's been more engagement with between recruitment businesses and universities and schools and, and I was wondering is Hale seeing that do, do you have any kind of engagement with with any kind of education um, and, and seeing those younger workers coming through yeah we um, do work with the colleges and we attend jobs fairs with them um, and I think actually the job fair you know, has made a bit of a comeback across across the industry as a whole. You know, I think you couldn't do that in COVID, so we would have virtual job fairs, but it's not really the same. Um, but our, what, 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 what we're seeing now when we're going out to job fairs, whether it be with job centres or colleges or education providers, we're seeing a greater attendance come through and people are more curious about the different types of roles that are on offer for sure. Kirsty, I've just seen the time. We're going to have to wrap up. Thank you very much for your time. Um, if people are listening to this and, and want to connect, you are, of course, on, on LinkedIn. Is that the best place to connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm on LinkedIn. Just look up Kirsty Walpole of the Hales Group. Kirsty, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you to our listeners. Please like, subscribe and share. And more importantly, let us know if there is someone you would like us to interview on the show and what you would like to hear them talking about. What strategic and or operational changes are you planning to implement in your staffing slash recruitment firm? Lastly, thank you to our sponsor employee providing front and middle office solutions to a range of staffing and recruitment organisations on the Salesforce platform. That's all for today. James Lawton signing out.